Our gospel lesson for today is from Matthew 2. In the time of King Herod, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem asking, Where is the child who has been born king of the Jews? For we observed his star at its rising, and we've come to pay him homage. When King Herod heard this, he was frightened and all Jerusalem with him, and calling together all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Messiah was to be born. They told him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for so it has been written by the prophet, And you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. Far from you shall come a shepherd, who is a shepherd to my people Israel." Then Herod secretly called for the wise men and learned from them the exact time when the star had appeared. Then he sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search diligently for this child, and when you have found him, bring me word so that I may go and pay him homage too. When they had heard the king, they set out, and there ahead of them went the star that they had seen at its rising until it stopped right over the place where the child was. When they saw that the star had stopped, they were overwhelmed with joy. On entering the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they knelt down and paid him homage. Then opening their treasure chests, they offered him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they left for their own country by another road. Friends, this is the word of God. Thanks be to God. And so now, gracious God, I ask that in these moments, may the words of my mouth, may the meditations of all of our hearts together in this place be found pleasing to you. O Lord, you are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Well, on Christmas Eve... Some of us gathered on the lawn outside here at Highland to sing carols, hear a reading of the Christmas story, and light candles together. It almost felt like a sacred act of resistance against so much of the pain and loss and darkness of the year 2020. And in my mind, I had pictured this magical moment of a soft, warm glow filling the lawn as the Who's down at Highland celebrated that COVID hadn't stopped Christmas from coming. It came. Somehow or other, it came just the same. Except it didn't work out quite like I had imagined, (laughs) at least not the first time around. At our four o'clock gathering, Renee started singing Silent Night, and a few of us started to light candles from the Christ candle to pass the light out among the group. But just seconds after we walked away from the Christ candle, our candles went out. So we went back, and this time we walked a bit more slowly and cupped our hands around the light to protect it. I made it to the first person and lit their candle, and as I turned away, my candle went out again, and theirs did too. And so I reached over to see if I could get a light from someone else nearby, and as I did, their light went out too. 
I looked around for Becky Hines and Karen Park who were helping to pass out the light, wondering if they had some mysterious knowledge that I didn't about how this all works and they were having the exact same problem. So for the next few moments, we all continued to fumble around, trying desperately to light candles that wouldn't stay lit in the wind and the cold for more than a few seconds. We continued to sing Silent Night, but unfortunately there was nothing calm or bright about it. Of course, we would try to have an in-person gathering on Christmas Eve, and it would turn out to be one of the coldest days of the year. And of course, we would try to light candles, and the candles wouldn't even stay lit. It was so 2020, (laughs) and I didn't know whether to laugh or to cry about it all. But Renee, in all of her pastoral wisdom, didn't miss a beat. When we finished the song, she acknowledged our disappointment about what was happening, but then she pulled from her work with children using godly play. You see, when the teacher blows out the candle at the end of their lesson, they say, watch as I change the light. Because the light doesn't go away or disappear, it changes. And so each week the children watch as the light changes from this fiery flame to a thin, smoky substance that slowly expands and fills the space around them. And so on Christmas Eve night, Renee reminded us that the light had not gone away. It had simply changed. And this light still shines in the darkness because we each carried the light within us, whether our candles were staying lit or not. And for many reasons, that will be a Christmas Eve I will never forget. You know, it's interesting to me that we spend the entire season of Advent waiting for the light watching for the light, hoping for the light, praying for the light to come as we light different candles on our Advent wreath each week. At Christmas, we celebrate that this light has finally broken into our world and into our lives. And at Epiphany, we follow this light that has been revealed to us. Just like the Magi followed the star at its rising so long ago. And then we blow out the candles, take our Advent wreaths away, take down our Christmas trees, and we move on with the year. But if the light that comes to us at Advent and Christmas and Epiphany doesn't go out, if the light simply changes, then Renee's words to us on Christmas Eve are words we might want to carry with us into this new year too. Because ultimately, God's light isn't meant to stay on a candle or in a tree or on a wreath or in a star or in any sort of religious space at all. This light that has come into the world is meant to shine within us. As the prophet Isaiah reminds us in today's Hebrew lesson, arise, shine, for your light has come showing us that the people returning from exile are the very ones who have the ability to carry this light forward. 
Barbara Brown Taylor points out that for Isaiah, God's glory is completed through God's people. Their radiance is essential to any bright future of God's imagining. If they hope to sit on the sidelines while someone else shines instead of them, then they have missed their central role in the vision of God. Friends, Epiphany challenges us to remember that each of us has this God-given light within us, this divine spark. The question is, what does it look like for us to shine in the ways that the prophet Isaiah is talking about here? And are you and I brave enough, bold enough to be God's light bearers in the ways God is calling us? I believe a man named John Rankin was. As a Presbyterian minister and an abolitionist in the 1820s, he became one of Ohio's first and most active conductors in the Underground Railroad. Rankin lived in a house on top of a cliff overlooking the Ohio River, and he would light a lantern in his upstairs window on the nights when it was safe for people who were fugitive slaves to cross the river on the other side in Kentucky and to find shelter at his house. Arnold Grankston, a man who was a slave on a farm here in Kentucky, helped to row about a hundred people across the river to Rankin's house, And he said that beacon of light from that upstairs window could be seen for miles around it. Now more than once, mobs of people came and burned down Rankin's house and barn because they knew what he was doing. But that didn't stop him from rebuilding and continuing to set that lantern out to shine for all to see. Rankin actively fought against slavery, even when it meant putting himself in danger to do so. And it is believed that over time, that light shining in his window helped over 2,000 people who were seeking refuge. You see, it's one thing for us to pray for God's light to come to an overwhelming situation that might be happening around us. We pray for God's light to break into the darkness of this world. But if you and I are meant to shine, that requires something of us. We have a part to play in this too. Parker Palmer says it this way. He says, in times of deep darkness, we not only need the light, we need to be the light for one another. There are many kinds of light, he says. There's the light that allows people lost in the dark to find their way home. There's the light of compassion that comforts everything it touches. There's the light of truth-telling that allows us to see what we are doing or allowing that is helping to bring this darkness about. There's the light that shows us the way forward into a better world. There's the light of courage to walk the path no matter who says stop. No one of us can provide all the light that we need, but each one of us can shed some kind of light. Each day we can ask ourselves, what kind of light can I shine today? But perhaps in order to answer that question fully, we have to believe that we have this light within us. 
We must truly believe these words that deep within the core of our being, God has entrusted each of us with some divine spark we have to share. Do you know the statistics about a child's self-esteem in relation to the messages they hear about themselves? Some psychologists suggest that for every negative message elementary age children hear about themselves, they need to hear 10 positive ones to restore their sense of self-esteem to where it had been previously. Children, in other words, become what they are named. And so call a child bad long enough and he or she will begin to act badly. I guarantee it. Call a child or a teenager or adult for that matter worthless or unlovable or you fill in the blank and eventually all of us will live into the name we have been assigned. But in the same way, call us good or useful, dependable, helpful, trustworthy, worthwhile, and we will grow into that identity as well. Friends, Jesus calls us light, each and every one of us without one single exception. He said to the crowds gathered for the Sermon on the Mount that day, you are the light of the world. The question is, do we believe it? And what will it take for us to live into that God-given identity? A good friend of mine from Waco died of pancreatic cancer a year ago this weekend. Her name was Brenda. I shared about her with you on All Saints Day. A few weeks after Brenda had died, her family went through her office at work to pack up her belongings. They said it was like this time capsule of her life, and every inch of it was covered in photographs of family and friends and notes and mementos. And as her family was showing me all the treasures that they had found, I was especially struck by these words that she had cut out of a book or magazine and taped onto her office door in hopes that her students and coworkers might read them as they passed by every day. They're from a poem called Our Deepest Fear by Marianne Williamson. She writes, Our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. It is our light, not our darkness, that most frightens us. But you are a child of God, she says, and your plain small does not serve the world. There's nothing enlightened about shrinking so that other people won't feel insecure around you. We are all meant to shine as children do. We were born to make manifest the glory of God that is within us. It is not just in some of us, it is in everyone. And as we let our own light shine, we unconsciously give other people permission to do the same. As we are liberated from our fear, our presence automatically liberates others. And I saw this light so beautifully within my friend Brenda. And I remembered that this weekend. 
But Highland, I see this light within you. Even when I can't see you face to face, there is a light that shines so boldly and brightly and beautifully in this community of faith. I've seen it as you have shared your stories with me and invited me into your lives over these past few months. I've seen it in the ways that the incredible ministries and missions and music of our church have continued even in a pandemic. Friends, this light has not gone out, not by any stretch of the imagination. It has simply changed forms. I've seen it in the tireless work of the Christmas store and the beautiful ways you welcomed and cared for children and families in our communities. I've seen it in the Messenger's Bible study class who showed up to light candles and sing Christmas carols outside Luann Eiler's house after Cleve passed away. I've seen it in our LGBTQ siblings whose light shines so very brightly in our family of faith. I've seen it in our youth who have been so resilient in the midst of such a difficult year. I've seen it in our anti-racism team who worked to offer an especially meaningful display of crosses on our lawn this year. Friends, we have heard from families all across the country who are so appreciative of this act in memory of their loved ones, and it shines brightly for the Louisville community to see in the powerful article today in the Career Journal. I've seen this light in Friday Church and the ways that you aspire to be a safe harbor for our community. I see it in our deacons and the ways that you are relentlessly caring for your neighbor groups. I've seen it in our young adults who are part of the heartbeat of the work of this church. And I've seen it in our senior adults who are so very faithful to the mission God is calling us toward. Highland, there is a light that shines within you within each and every one of you. It may change form, but this light continues to shine so brightly in this community of faith. And so, Highland, may we never play small in the world. May we boldly and bravely let our light shine in the days of this new year, whatever it may hold for us. Arise, shine, Isaiah tells us, for your light has come. Amen.